Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast all about comic book TV and movies. I'm your host, James Hunt, and joining me is... Reese Williamson. And Joe Cunningham. <laughs> so, the politics of who speaks first is so, so messed up now. But what I did there is I gave it, I said it like I was third, but actually I was in second position. So that's, that's, that's thrown the audience off. <laughs> and Reese Williamson. And Joe Cunningham. Whoa. What are they? They must be out of their dang minds. <laughs> we can imagine Webstyle go back and then retake that again in real time. <laughs> It's been a while since we've done one of these, largely because there has been no news because of all the strikes. Um, in solidarity with the striking workers, we have not been doing podcasts either. <laughs> and then and then quite a bit of news after the strikes ended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we but did we, some of that. We, but... we, we haven't ratified our return to podcast agreement yet, so this is this is quite tentative. We don't, we don't actually know that we will be podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we could be kicked guys... out of the podcast union. Are you guys aware of that? They haven't signed the contract yet. Which one? The sad, <laughs> the sad one, right? Yeah, the sad yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it just, it feels like the story has gone away, and it has. But I don't know. It's yeah, they haven't signed the contract yet. <laughs> I think it would be a ballsy move to change their minds on that contract at this point, having lost be. shitloads of money already. So I, th- I think they can be fairly confident. No, but it, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the union that isn't. You know, basically, you know, it, it's like a sort of political movement. The 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 the, the, AMTPT, the AMPTP has come to agreement with the sort of union heads, but it's but they haven't yet got the majority of all of the union union members to sign. So it's it's slightly out of it's like democrat. It's sort of democracy. It's kind of out the hands of the of the really deciding players, which is interesting. But yeah, I agree. I think it will be ratified. Uh, <laughs> That's good though. Some nice third act jeopardy. <laughs> yes. Um. We're gonna. There's quite a lot of Marvel news. There's a bit of a bit of other news, but I think we'll start by uh, pushing the fact that not only did the Marvels come out, which is a fairly big deal, um, we also did a Patreon episode about it. So it's yeah. been a while since we had an MCU movie. We've we've covered it in full on the Patreon, which you can uh, listen to by subscribing. Patreon.com/slash Cinematic Universe. Um, just quickly. What did we all make of it well, for I, people who haven't yet subscribed? I think, crucially, James, you described it as a big deal. I think, theoretically, <laughs> well, quite a big deal. Um, yeah, it used to be a big deal. Yeah, um, it's 
I think so. We we talk about this on the episode, but obviously the 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 box office performance is a like a major subplot of of the Marvels and what that means. And I think we'll probably dig into that a little bit on this episode as well with some of the some of the things that are happening around Marvel in the wake of that box office performance, which you know feels feels a little bit like the tip of the iceberg. Um, but yeah, I kind of came out of the movie, which I think at like gets by on um, Iman Vellani being incredibly charming um, and kind of was like mild positive. And I think the more time I spent with it, and certainly you probably hear this over the course of the episode that we recorded, I was like, mm, no, I think I think maybe bad. I think maybe actually bad. Um, and yeah, it, it, I think it's it's got some charming moments and it zips along because it has been edited within an inch of its life to zip along. Um, but I think some of the some of the kind of more uh, you know the the structural things of the the, stru- the structure of the movie, the scripts, um, it's it's kind of bad. I think. <laughs> That's where I've landed on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I still feel like I had a good time with it. It's it's hard to call it a good movie. Like, it, it, you know, good time, bad movie, I think, maybe, is what you can take away from that. It's interesting, you mentioned the cuts. One thing we didn't know when we recorded the episode, so a significant subplot got cut out about Ms. Marvel being captured by the villain, whose name we all remember is... Um, uh, <laughs> Dino Bell? Yeah. yeah. Um, ben, something Ben. Dar Ben, Dar Ben. Dar Ben, Dar Ben. ben. Oh, we were close. We were there. Uh, yeah, not bad. We got there between three of us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, they've they've talked a lot about how much was cut. I, I wonder why they got rid of that stuff. Because um, nothing that's in there is like offensively awful. But it's it's interesting me that to me that they they chopped it back so much. I um, I mean I I would my guess would be they realized that it you know, you know there was probably the worry and the box office you know the box office um the you know the box office tracking that was you know kind of there from a way out that maybe this movie wasn't going to do very well. Um, and the worries about, you know, have we overcomplicated this whole thing by, you know, making it, <laughs> by making it a byproduct it. of a Captain Marvel movie, One Division, Secret Invasion, Ms. Marvel, all of these things kind of feeling like required viewing going in that they went, or oh, do we just try and actually make the final product as kind of slimline as possible? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, the start of what I heard was on another fucking podcast uh, was that they, be, you know, they, they, the test screenings were like this sucks, <laughs> and the tracking said this is going to make no money, and so the, just the the call was made to okay, well, if we just strip this to its fucking bone and and highlight the only thing people seem to like about this was which is Iman Vellani, and then just have it be so short and nothing and like a fart in a hurricane that that no one's going to like be angry. They're not going to be like over the moon and overjoyed, but they're not going to be pissed at us. And then they'll just, and then, you know, they'll go to sleep that night and wake up next morning. And then they'll forget they were even. <laughs> and like, we will just about get away with this. This is crap because 
because uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's crap. It's crap. It's there's nothing to it. But I guess it didn't make me angry like Quantumania did, all of us, or like Secret Invasion did. It didn't make me angry, but it's but it's crap um, and and very forgettable, except for Iman Vanali. So you know, I guess if that's true, that that's kind of that was the that was the point of the you know that's what they were trying to get out of the the last phase of editing. Then it, it worked. Yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah, because I'm not angry, but I couldn't. We couldn't even remember the villain's name. You know, we saw the movie three weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know. It's bad. It's crap. I mean, it's, there's nothing to it. It's crap. It's just it's, uh, it's like a bad movie. Just to throw some numbers out there, um, it opened 45 million, which I think is about 10 million lower than The Incredible Hulk, which was the previous worst performer in the MCU. Um, Incredible Hulk came out about I don't know, 100 years ago or something, wasn't it? It was. It was a long time ago. Yeah, um, starred um, uh, Maurice <laughs> Chevalier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What a weird pull. Why was that there in my head? I don't oh, know. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh. Welcome to little girls. I am the Hulk. You wouldn't like me when I'm horny. <laughs> the, um, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the lifetime box office so far domestically, this is, is 77 million and worldwide 187. So there's no question that it is created in a way that we sort of never expected a Marvel movie to to crater so that's oh, like over 200 million dollars just it, that's how much it cost i bet with yeah. reshoots and shit like probably needed to make half a billion even even accounting for the fact that the promotion they did for this was meager due to the strikes like there's just there's no getting away from what a crash landing this is and uh, to be to be fair I don't think it deserves that bad a reception, but I think in the wake of stuff like Thor and Ant-Man, we're really seeing how, you know, bad performance or bad results in previous movies can affect the future exactly, ones. Yeah. In the same way, well, yeah. you know, Avengers being massive really boosted Iron Man 3. Again, we go deep on the episode, don't we? But there's, I think there's yeah, yeah. so many elements that... that, that contributed to this and and not you know the quality of the marvels as a as a film in and of itself is almost yeah, immaterial yeah well it's, it's a very small factor there uh, it's currently it's the 25th highest grossing movie of the year worldwide um Oof. which puts it around insidious the red door the animated turtles movie um, it's about to get overtaken by the Hunger Games. It will get overtaken by Trolls Band Together. Um, but yeah, it's kind of in. It's kind of down in that like mid-budget genre movie range. The Equalizer Three. It's slightly behind. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons made eleven, wow. 11 million more than it once it was done with its uh, run. So that's so uh, that's so fucking cool that the Equalizer Three has made more than this. I have to say, <laughs> just Denzel, Denzel, third movie, and you know what's a different one than this one is? There's no difference. It's the third <laughs> one, and it's made more than the fucking Marvel's movie. Love, it. I love that. I love think that. it's it, it. This this year is a is an interesting box office I year. Was, when I you, was about to say 2023 is the year of the fucking flop, isn't it? Well, I, but so the thing is that, that these flops are, uh, you know, these flops are on a, you know, it's on a, oh, 
I'm, I'm losing the word. What's the word? It's it's on a scale, right? That that you know, yes, yes, it's a flop, but it's still made 187 million. And if you, I think part of the conversation here is, you know, is is the superhero movie? Is this an MCU thing? Is this an MCU issue? Is it a superhero movie issue? Is it a comic book movie issue? Like, what's the, what? What is it that that audiences don't want? And you look at the global box office, and actually, you've got you have got Spider Man Across the Spider Verse in there at number six, which you know for a for an animated you know longest animated movie ever. Um, so you, that's that that feels like a really robust performance. That's ahead of The Little Mermaid and Mission Impossible. Um, Ant Man actually got into got to ten in the box office um, with four hundred and seventy six worldwide. So it's not like like there's a complete absence of superhero stuff, but it's not one two three at the box office like like it was a few years ago, and. You know, you, you look at some of the other hits and some of the other stuff that's starting. You know, so obviously Barbie and Oppenheimer—they're at one and three. They were a massive thing in themselves. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three actually is number four, so that's the, that was the highest one on the list. We've got Fast X What's number five. Two? Number two is the Super Mario Brothers movie. I was about I, to say it must I, be Mario, right? And I do wonder whether you know that the, the like the, the the trend that we're maybe moving towards is video game. Because you know, number fifteen is Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> you know that that's a movie that's made more than a hundred million dollars more than the Marvels, and they came out what the same week, a week apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you got The Last of Us on TV, which is massive. James, you were getting excited about the Fallout images that were released this week. About Fallout, yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder whether that's you know that that's the that's the big threat to the superhero movies now is. Uh, Actually, should we just adapt those instead? Could be. Yeah, but Could that's be. a little, that's probably a bit too easy of a conclusion. I mean, Joe, I'm not saying that you're lazy because <laughs> you've had a big, you just had a big load of egg fried rice. But, um, you know, they've been make, they have been making video game movies for, you know, 25 years. Yeah, we're about but they were making, they were, they, were, they, were, movie. they were making comic book movies yeah. for 30 years before Iron Man and the Dark Knight happened in the same year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, I, I just think the you know because that was also the year oh eight was also the year of that was the last time that I think people thought the superhero movie might be toast or maybe it's a bit before that so you know the 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 demise of these have been have been forecast for for a, for a period uh, I just think I think we need to see another 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 year of of a data set to, to come to conclusions I just I think um, the I think the thing is that they are. They're not, they're not guaranteed. They're, like they don't feel guaranteed anymore. And like I, I mean, James, we're going to talk about it in a minute, aren't we? That um, the performance of, um, well, the tracking of Aquaman and what that looks like it's going to make after the first movie made. Yeah, I mean, so just to just to give the sort of headline for that is that. Aquaman 2 is tracking worse than the Marvels and that's Whoa. that's coming out over Christmas. Like that's uh for following up a movie that did what 1.5 billion. Mm-hmm. Um it's doing it's tracking worse than the Flash as well. Like wow. It's a surprise to hear that. 
I, I, that I, also I, just feels Momoa. Momoa has lost all of his. You know, I don't know. That also feels like a Momoa story in the same way. Is that that Marvel is it, a bit of a Brie story? Is it any of? That's what I'm just not sure about. Is is that a factor at all? Like, it, it, it do are any of these movies suffering from lacks of stars, or has you know? Is it is it also you know kind of the strategy of these movies that we you know. They're not. It's not like Jason Momoa and Brie Larson were box office smash hits guaranteed when they were cast in these roles. It was these roles are kind of box office proof in and of themselves, and we can kind of pay TV actors or you know, in Brie Larson's case, someone who's just won the Oscar, but isn't a box office draw yet that we can get, you, you know, we can get those people cheaper and actually, you know, do, do we, do Marvel need to be looking at their next bit of casting and going, well, which I think, you know, maybe they have with fantastic four and going, we just need, we just need to, we need to go with the safer options. The ones who feel like they're going to be a slam dunk at the box office. Do you know what I mean? I, I just sure, but that's not that's not that's not Pedro Pascal. Well, I, but it, it, it might be, be it might be as you know a safer bet, as, a safer a bet as you can get in the. You know, I don't know. He's no more. He's no Morris. Yeah, he's no Morris Chevalier. It's all. It's all like that. <laughs> 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 oh, I got stretchy arms. Well, so, I mean, oh, I'll come you with my stretchy arms. I don't think we have the answer, but I think was I just I, I, it's undeniable that these movies now. They're they're not guaranteed hits, and a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about on the rest of this podcast, the the things that are in development, these you know that these and these plans <laughs> that aren't single movies, you know, they are like in DC's case, it's the relaunch of a universe and a you know a, a, a fi- an initial five year plan with TVs and TV shows and movies, and the same with the MCU with, you know, the, the Disney plus shows and, uh, you know, two announced Avengers movies and, um, and you know, how all of that stuff's going to interact with each other. If it, you know, the, the people in charge there need to be making, you know, they need to be figuring out, you know, is, is making a good super Superman movie. Is that enough at the box office? Is making a good Fantastic Four movie is that good enough? Is is it a good idea to be putting out these TV shows that tie into the movies? Is it a good idea? Yes. To, is it? Yes. yes. <laughs> is it a good idea to be having, um, you know, uh, different universes out there at the same time? Is it a good idea to have budgets getting? higher and higher yeah I just, it just it just all it feels like it needs a rethink and the the next year where you know coming out of a writer's strike um and an actor's strike the next year which is pretty clear of superhero movies because of that might offer a, you know might offer a bit of respite that you know, I do wonder if, you know, is all of the stuff that we're hearing about that's happening right now, is that actually still going to happen? You know, do those, it does, do those it does DC feel... plans get dialed back and they go, actually, we're making a Superman movie. And I know that you've not really, I know that you've not really heard of any of these cast members so far. Um, 
but I don't know. Here's here's fucking we've we've just cast Robert De Niro as Jorel, and you know we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring in yeah. we're gonna tease I don't know such, such and such an A list actor as we've cast Robert Downey Jr. as Brainiac. You know, hell yeah, that kind, hell yeah, that kind of stuff. And the and, you know, and in the MCU, are we going to go? Okay, so we're we're working on. To, we know we've announced a Fantastic Four movie and a Kang Dynasty movie and a Secret Wars movie. Um, actually, do you know what? Do we just shuffle Secret Wars to the front and then kind of go? I was I was about to say that War Machine movie has never felt further away. <laughs> We've been waiting so long for this, and you can just see him crossing it off the spreadsheet now. Going, we don't need to make that. Put it back in the scroll pod. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just as another angle on this before we before we wrap up the sort of box office chat is that not only has like it's not just superhero movies that are flopping, like other franchise installments have been doing badly. I think. This week as well, Wish mm. massively underperformed. I wonder so if is it, part is of it, is it a Disney problem? Well, <laughs> I mean, the fact that Disney has spent three years like massively pushing their uh, their streaming platform mm. as the place to get all their content, and is now sort of it's possible, you know, that any, every company that's doing that is reaping the the you know rewards of telling people to stay at home and watch their movies because that's what they're doing but that's it's you know that that is true that there are you know that there are other flops and yes there are other franchise entry flops but then there are also you know like i said five nights at freddy's has has done really fucking well on a on a on a small budget and then you've got you know something like killers of the flower moon which is going to end up being one of Martin Scorsese's highest grossing movies ever at the box office being released by Apple and everyone knows it's coming to Apple TV in the new year. You know, mm. it's not, it, it, I don't think it's, you know, it's not a death knells of cinema kind of thing. Um, there's, there are, there are still success stories. Napoleon did well at the box office. I mean, the fact that Barbie, I know, I know Barbie is based on a toy, right? And it's a, it's a, it's a big brand <laughs> of it, in and of itself. But the fact that Barbie and Oppenheimer are sticking around one and three for the movies that they are and the way that they were marketed, you know, I, it is those are massive success stories. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the, I mean, streaming's streaming's fucked up a lot of stuff, I think, um, and and that, that's another one of the th- factors I think that is contributing to all of this because. I said, I said this, didn't I? That the day that the Marvels came out, I saw a link tweeted by Digital Spy that said, "Find out when the Marvels is coming to Disney Plus." I'm like, "Oh <laughs> wow, that <laughs> that feels like a, another... a bad behaviour to have um, <laughs> to have trained your audience on." Yeah, can I just add another brief point before we move on, which is that the MCU is this just, it's a sort of fascinating and unprecedented mm. little lens of which to view a period of Hollywood history because you know Hollywood like all industries changes changes a lot and yes you have the Warner Brothers and Paramount and Disney these are corporations that have existed for the kind of history of Hollywood but they have always adapted always evolved they've always had you know different people at the, the various corporate leaderships roles of those companies and you know they adapt like all industries do but you know, and the movies that get made over a 15-year period, 
have always have always changed, right? You know, have you heard of a thing called talkies, guys? They used to make movies without no damn sound. And then had people talking. That was a big moment of transition. You know, you can argue how big of a moment of tra- of a transition we're in at the moment with you know with Hollywood, but it's it's not a it's not a zero level moment of transition. It's it's a fairly medium or big moment of transition. And the thing that's never existed before is like a, a sort of a single story with 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 shared kind of content and characters and actors and sets and etc. That is that that sort of that sort of strides across chunks of 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 the history of this medium so it's fascinating and i just wonder whether all we're all we're seeing here is the industry changing and a company disney hyphen marvel changing the way it has to make movies which has always happened but what we can do as consumers and audiences is we are just comparing the stuff that comes out now directly with the things that came out two years ago and directly with the things that came out 15 years ago mm. and that's what that's we can then see things through that lens and, and there's nothing there's nothing they can really do about that there's nothing fight you can do about that and it's probably a hard rabbit to kind of to put back in well, the hat or it's hard for us not to see these things yeah so but I guess I agree with that and there are you know there are undoubtedly some factors that are out outside of you know the control and, you know, maybe the fact that they have made 30, 30, however many movies in this length of time just means there is a, you know, unavoidable level of audience fatigue, but that, you know, that was still, they contributed to that to begin with. Um, and it's, yes, I, I think part of it is out of their control and part of it is very much in their control. And I guess the, 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 you know, the question if you're, you know, Madam Web style looking into the future is what what is the future of comic book movies? Is it a return to the heights of what we saw with um, you know, what we saw with uh, Endgame? Can can, Can we ever get back to that? Is it that the MCU and the DC movies stick around but they're smaller? Or is it they need to go away for a bit? Or they, or they, or they just, or they go away full stop, you know, and it's not a days and there's a, there's a huge, there's still a huge range of outcomes there. But I think the fact that we're having this discussion now means it's possible that all of this is going to end. And, you know, I do think, you know, we talked about in this podcast, we have got to a point where there's too much stuff and we have got to a point, certainly more recently where the, the quality of this stuff isn't good enough. So, uh, I, you know, I personally, I think the like whilst it's a shame it happened to the Marvels rather than Quantumania, um, I think it's a I think it's a good thing overall that Marvel has had a, a flop of this magnitude. It, I think that's a that's a really good analysis. It it puts me in mind of the nineteen nineties superhero comics boom when. Mm. suddenly they went from Marvel went from publishing like 85 titles a month to 25 because there was too much content out there from everyone and it was all crap and no one could sell it. Um, Personally, what I would like to see from comic book movies going forward is like smaller scale, better stories, lower budget, like just, let them let them be led by characters and ideas, not by effects. And I think what I want to see for me, all I want to see is the daughter of Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn 
with some sort of time travel powers, and she teams up with a cast of sort of Spider Women and fights a, a guy it, who looks like Spider Man. She's, That's so, what I want. she's not. So, she's, not she's not Kurt Russell's daughter. <laughs> Don Johnson's daughter. She's also she's not travelling through time. I cannot stress this enough. She's not travelling through time. She's Mel- she's, she's, she's Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson's daughter. Christ. Kate Hudson really is Goldie Hawn's daughter, but not yeah. not Kurt Russell's, I think, okay. either. All right. So the edit this out, of course, James. You must edit this out. I look like a damn fool. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, so since we're there... Make a note. Make a note of edit note. Big... Absolutely. I swear to you. I swear to you this will not see the light of day, Reese. Thank God. My dignity is, remains intact. Like that time that you said that uh, <laughs> Professor X wasn't in. Patrick Stewart wasn't in. Not so strange. Which we did actually edit out, I think. I think we did, because <laughs> it was too insane. <laughs> like, what's this, Reese? Okay. He's literally in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, speaking of trailers, before this recording, I tasked you both with watching the Madden Web trailer, which I'm sure you were both on top of the second it got released. I watched it on I mute. Kind of was, it, it was all on my TikTok. I have to, I have to tell you, day of, TikTok did show me <laughs> Madden Web. It did, I'm not going to lie. I, I watched it the, the hour it came out. I was at, and... I was at work, James, and uh, it, it popped up on my phone and... Um, I watched it on mute, um, I think, whilst whilst doing something else and just kind of like gave it half of my attention. And then um, my friend messaged me later asking me what my favourite line was from the trailer because obviously there was a <laughs> very memeable line in there. And um, I was like, I, honestly, I just, I just, all I know is that there's a, there's a, a, a naughty Spider-Man and then some, some Spider-Ladies. <laughs> but I yeah, haven't watched well... it with sound on. I have watched it with sound on. But it's good to know. Um, it's probably one of the best ways to experience a talkie. <laughs> um, so this is another entry into the the Sony Extended Universe of Spider-Man characters. It shares screenwriters, in fact, the entire writing team, with uh, Morbius. And it looks not unlike uh, sort of 1990s um, mid budget thriller i was watching this and going like oh it's it's cool that they made the craft again yeah well this is just this is exactly what you were asking for in the last segment yeah but good good (laughs) this looks this looks this looks like it could be fun i don't know am i gonna be the first one to say it am i gonna be crazy no because all of because all of these sony movies look like they could be fun Right, <laughs> and, then, and then Venom, and yeah, Venom yes. Too. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not ruling oh, out that it. It just depends how bad they are, because <laughs> I still think I think Craven could be fun. I think this could be fun. Uh, we've got examples from the past, and you know, Venom was very bad but fun. It, man- it managed to straddle that, and. Um, uh, Morbius was was just bad, so <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I mean, one of the one of the things that this trailer revealed, which I didn't know going in, is that the so the villain is a kind of evil looking Spider Man guy, right? Mm. If I if I say Ezekiel to you, 
do either of you understand who I'm talking about? Ezekiel Elliott. He's the, he's the former running back of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, no, correct. I knew that, exactly. Plays for the Patriots now. Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the guy from the first Straczynski um, uh, story, right? He is. He is. And in the comics, he's a kind of uh, spider, spider vampire. He, he is one of the inheritors who were the uh-huh. villains of the Spider-Verse comic. And their, um, their deal is they hop from multiverse to multiverse eating spider characters. Uh-huh. Hmm. What's the one? Is it Morlan? Is he the, is he the Spider-Verse one? Yes. Yeah. I'm aware of Morlan. I thought he was cool. I, mean, I think on paper, this movie, well, no. To begin with, on paper, this movie is insane. And then on paper, the stuff that I see in this trailer, which is uh, a, a character, a, a naughty Spider-Man, is going around trying to kill future Spider-People. And someone who can see the future, who's also got spidery powers, is trying to keep them alive. Fine. Okay. It looks terrible, but <laughs> I don't. I don't hate any of that. Yeah, that that design for Ezekiel is entirely new to the movie. Um, what does oh, you mean the the black the black suit design? Yeah, yeah, just a sort of black evil Spider Man. Not your head. Um, who is unlike Venom? Uh, and I think it's interesting that the this version of Madam Web later in the trailer is shown running around in a costume that's a bit like um Aranya when she had her spider girl costume so it's sort of all black with a with a sort of half face mask James you care more about this than I care because I'm interested in where they're drawing their it's the same as when they were gonna influences. when they were gonna make a El Muerto and uh a disco Bad bunny. disco stew episode <laughs> at, at movies that they're, they're going ah oh, what's it, what's no hustler what's yeah what's what's the thing what's what's the what's the thing for spider man what's a bit of ip yeah take that and then we'll i don't know we'll do something with it <clears throat> but like all all the other characters in the trailer are also like silk is one of the other characters right i'm not imagining that i don't know yep cindy right yeah mm-hmm. she won the moon yeah, and yeah. who's Sydney? Who's Sydney Sweeney? Is she playing Julia Carpenter? Ju- yeah, who's she's the, Julia Carpenter, I think. Yeah, who's like the main? She's one of the Carpenters. Woman. She's one of she. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> from uh, did vocals on calling occupants of interplanetary craft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, these these are all Sydney... these are all like legit characters. So, like, what do you guys what What do you guys think of of Dakota Johnson and Sydney Sweeney as? potential movie stars what are you what are your vibes on them what do you think this isn't the way to do it um why what do you mean why i mean if they want to be movie stars this isn't a movie that's going to make them into a star Hmm. i I don't see them coming out well from this i see them uh uh who was uh what's the face in secret invasion really clark um, Clark. Yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna Amelia Clark it if they're mm. not careful. Well, she's no. gonna get. They're gonna get guyed. No, Amelia Clark's <laughs> career was pointing in a different direction from these two. I don't. Yeah, I, okay. I mean, I don't think that Dakota Johnson is this kind of movie star. I think she's someone who will be in our movie lives for the next thirty or forty years, but um, I don't think she's this type of movie star. Sydney Sweeney very much could be this type of movie star in the next ten, twenty years. Um, but 
I'd be surprised if I, I think this will be a movie that a few years from now you go, oh yeah, remember that? Remember when she was <laughs> like when she gets cast as like the lead in one of these kind of things? We'll go, oh yeah, remember she was in Madame Web, <laughs> and she's cast as Jean Grey or somebody, Emma Frost, more likely. Um, Emma Frost, yes, yes, good call. Yeah, uh, she she feels she kind of feels a bit bigger than this role seems to be like right like she's she's mm. the lead in that Glenn Powell movie that's cut, that comes out in a month and yet she seems pretty supporting in this. Sony, what are you guys doing over there, man? Maybe they're setting her up for the um, sequel. Hey, yes, they probably are. Aren't they? I mean, oh, it's, I it's not a bad is strategy, be... is it, to to cram your movie full of up and coming stars and hope that. They can you can make more use of them in the sequence. So. Time in memoriam. That's a Hollywood move, right? Indeed. So, you know, to find new faces. Yeah. Um, do you, is she called Madam Webb? Is her name like Susan Webb in the movie? <laughs> do we know this? Like, what? I don't know. Where's don't the know name going to come from? Is it going to be some? <laughs> is it going to be like a last episode of the of the MCU shows thing where the final ten minutes you'll put on a costume and then someone will be like, "Oh, hey, Anne Smith." What's up with you with the future? And she goes, "No, uh, Anne Smith is dead. Call me, and then we're going to get the, the title." Oh, someone say, Webb. "Don't." I just wonder. Don't do that. You're crazy. You're mad. No, I'm Web. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mad Anne Web. I think this being the kind of movie it is, they would never say the words "Madam Web" in it. Oh. what have we got next? What we've got next is uh, the "What If" season two trailer, which I also made you both watch. I've been looking forward to this one. I'm still looking forward to this one. The fact that it's coming out daily over Christmas is a real gift to me personally. What if there was a second season? How much of this? I know there was talk that at the time that it was all, you know, it was that, that they were like well into production on this batch of episodes when the first came out. Um, mm-hmm. How much of this do you think is um, brand new? Its own, you know, that, that it wasn't affected by the fact oh, that. How much of it has been informed by the reactions to the first season and how much of it do you think is just, it's what they were making anyway? I think broadly it's what they were making. Um, it's interesting to me that they they didn't finish one of the episodes for season one and held it back for season two. So I'll be looking at that one and going like, okay, how much have you actually changed this? Which one do you think that um, is? It's the uh, one with... Uh, Gamora and Nebula. Oh, okay. Um, I forget what the what the premise of the episode is, but it you know there were toys and stuff for that episode that came out with the first wave, and that's why this season I think is nine episodes instead of. Uh, wait, is that right? This this ep- this season is is nine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So last season was uh, seven episodes. Seven? Yeah. There's a bit when they seem to be doing like a Mario Kart. That's quite fun. Mm. <laughs> there's a bit where there's a there's a black there's a Black Panther. There seems to be. I think for me the funnest bit of this trailer was the like the opening shot where, or sorry, the opening little little moment where it seems like we're meet, we're getting a young Hank Pym and uh, and Janet Van Dyne and and maybe a Black Panther. And I guess that's is that Charles to Charles' father. Tchaka, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's so like the idea of like a '60s Avengers. Now that's there's something that's from juice to that. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, I like the go karts. That was fun. There'll be there'll be uh, some good episodes. There'll be some bad ones. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I predict. Yeah, and they are. It does look like they're doing a an overarching take. story again. 
which I was a fan of last time. James, who's the in the, the bearing in mind I watched this trailer properly just before this episode. Who's mm-hmm. the person who stood with the watcher at the end? Because it pans it pans back to the logo and there's someone with him. Yes. Uh, which feels like yeah. that would be part of the meta story. Yeah, let me it's just a character called I don't know if, do you know Madam Webb, Joe? <laughs> Madam Webb. Let me uh, let me just see who it is. Real name Anne Smith. Oh it's uh, it's uh, Peggy Carter. It's Captain Britain. Oh, oh, oh Captain shit. Carter. Yeah. Oh god, please we we need to be done with all yeah. that. We just need to Hedy Atwell has moved Didn't on she to get cut in please half? better things. Well that one did. Yeah. A dim a slightly different one. Um oh, do you think no no. <laughs> I think for me, the the most interesting episode in this run is the 1602 episode. Ooh, cool. What is that? Oh, yeah. It's based on a Neil Gaiman comic where the Marvel Universe happens uh, in 1602 instead of, you know, 1960 or whatever. Okay. Just a a fun little alternate universe, uh, sort of like an Elseworlds. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's just fun fun flourishes in there. Imagine if this show had come out 10 years ago in, in the MCU time and was the only thing that was doing multiverse, <laughs> multiverse stories. Stuff. The, problem, yeah. the problem is, like, I do think the very premise of this show is it's, it's, um, it's lost its juice, right? Because the show is, <laughs> ooh, what if, mm, what if an alternate reality thing happened? But that's like what all the fucking movies seem to be doing. Now. <laughs> yeah, so but what's I, the point of this cartoon? Well, I, kind of? I think in the movies it feels tired i think here at least you're like each week there could be something completely wacky that and it and it and yes that the movies are all doing multiverse stuff but they're the 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 events of each one still have to impact other stuff whereas this feels like it can just be in its own corner doing something weird on on its own so i'm I'm, I'm more i'm more on board with this than i am another multiverse live action show or tv or movie this can also mash together characters who you just wouldn't be able to afford to to get together in a crazy movie. Like, this is your best chance to see any more Iron Man. You know, well, if you're you a think, fan you of Iron Robert Man Danny character... Will, will, no, 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 absolutely not. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but they had Iron Man in the previous series. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I think this could be the home for all the characters whereby in the live action, they can't afford to pay the acts anymore, but they'll just get like a sound alike to do the character in the costume. Yeah, that was... That, 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 that I like. That, that, that was season that one. That was kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm happy with that, personally. Um, I bet Deadpool's we... in this season, isn't he? Is he in the finale and it's Ryan Reynolds? I bet he is. <laughs> He's a cheeky bloke. He's a cheeky bloke. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, we probably won't be covering this on Patreon in much detail just because it comes out so quickly, well, but I maybe think, we'll do something. I think maybe not, you know, like we probably won't be doing nine Patreon episodes in nine days, but maybe in January we can. <laughs> Over oh, Christmas. Christmas yeah. yeah, we can do some stuff. <laughs> oh, it's great. Boys, it's Christmas Day. We need to uh, gather around to record all episodes. Hour long recap. <laughs> will they? Put, I guess will they put one out on Christmas Day? Yeah, yeah the Christmas, the Christmas one. And I'll be watching it on Christmas Day while everyone else is watching. I know Strictly come dancing or whatever the hell people do. On that Christmas one should be like, "What if Jesus lived?" That's what that episode should be about. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what if yeah, Jesus joined the Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just him with 12 apostles and... Uh, Arguing about <laughs> theology with Thor. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And after the year we've had Marvel-wise, it will be nice to see some nonsense. What if it sucks, though? What if it fucking stinks like all the other shit does? That would be so depressing. <laughs> that would be so depressing. Uh, anyway. And, the, yeah, the VFX is terrible. Hopefully not. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. He's far. We like him. We do. We do. Um, do you want do you want to do some DC news? Sure. There's not a lot going around at the moment. However, we've got some casting news for the new Superman. Um, so uh, Skylar Gizondo as yep. Jimmy Olsen. That's yep. good. That's oh, real. Yeah. That's real good casting. So yeah, good. he looks like him. I don't know anything about it, but he's dead on likeness. He, he seems is, like him. <laughs> he is great. He's such he's such good value and has been like in whatever shit they've put him in. Um, what what shit has he been in? He's really good in the Vacation remake. Okay. Um, he's in Licorice Pizza, right, Reese? Yeah. Ah, so good in that. Um, cool. They're the things that are coming to mind. But I know he's just what he's also just got one of those faces that whenever he turns up, you're like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> This casting, I'm so this this casting is perfect. I'm actually gonna. I the casting of this whole movie is really it's it's just great. It's excellent from the from the beginning, right? Brosnahan, Corin Sweat. Um, All right, well, let's let's, one, let's right? hold back on anointing. David Corin Sweat as the next as the next you know <laughs> savior of acting. Like, okay, I'll put it. I'll put it a different way. All the ca- the casting makes me excited for the film. Every every announcement. Every character that I know or don't know, every actor that I know or don't know, I go, I am getting incrementally more excited for this film by by five percent or by fifteen percent, and that's 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 good casting. That's kind of casting as marketing. That's what that's what you're supposed to be doing in that phase. Um, I'm, I, and, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I, just getting more excited for the film. I right? saw Cor- I, I, I watched Pearl and saw Corinne Sweat in that, and was like, hmm, okay, uh, you know, what I I wasn't like, there's my Superman. Um, but this, but this, this is good. Yeah, I, just feels so right. Also, I'm, I'm not familiar with Brosnan too much, so but I'm, I'm aware that, that people that, are excited about that. 
And then Gisondo's good. And then who else have we got? Who else they cast? Oh, well, this is what I was going to get to. So they've also cast uh, two villains. Um, one is uh, an authority character called the Engineer, being played by Maria Gabriela de Faria, who I'm unfamiliar with. Um, she's Venezuelan. Um, and has been in, according to this, she's been in shows like Animal Control and The Moody's, as well as the film like The Exorcism of God and The Duel. Hopefully this Wait, is... I've seen every episode of those shows. I've seen all those movies. Hopefully this is minute. one of those yeah, um, James Gunn discoveries, right? We are like... I mean, oh, he's, that... he's, made... he's nailed it again. Yeah, no, he's done it in loads of times. I'm, I'm, I'm being deadly serious there. Hopefully that's what this is. Yeah. Hopefully... The fact that it's another character from another DC property when they've already crammed in like what Martian Manhunter and God knows who else, it, that stuff worries me. I I want this to be a clean Superman movie, and it no, looks it's not, like but it's not going to be that, is it? They've they've kind of laid that out. No, the, it's going to it's going it, to tie into all the other stuff. It worries me. It's it going to be a sweaty one, if you will. A current right one. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Mr. But anyway, more interesting is that they've cast Lex Luthor and it is mm. Nicholas Holt, who previously beast in some of the younger X-Men movies and also was up those. for the he was up for the role of Superman, but lost out to David Corrington. Yeah. So this what, what do you guys make great. of that? It's great. Is it? He's great. Yes. Is it? Is it great? It, yes. Yes. It's great. It's great. It's great. I, it's really great. Um, he's a good actor. He's fun. He's, 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 he's one of those sort of, he's been, you know, he was now, he was in a battle boy, right? He's like a very experienced actor for his age. Um, he also feels like a guy who, you know, he's, you know, he hasn't led that many movies, right? So he's, he mm. feels like he could offer us something that we haven't seen from him. About I think Jack the Giant Slayer. Well, and I'm for <laughs> Renfield. We all we all met Renfield, of course. I love I love um, that. I, I think this, know, he's, 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 his most iconic role is still Mad Max Fury Road, and I love that. It's like, yeah, remember he was bald in that. Well, <laughs> wait until you get a load of him in this. It's fine. It's. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I know what the performance is going to be, um, which like I don't dislike it. I but I'm I'm not like massive. It's, it's not really exciting casting. I mean, for me, if nothing else, I just think casting casting a guy who could have been Superman as Lex Luthor, sort of misses the dynamic <sighs> no this, like, I, I'm, I, I'm sure I, they can work yeah. around it but it doesn't you know if you flip it around i wouldn't have wanted to see henry cavill as lex Luthor at any point you know james james gunn i think and hear me out on this uh more joe than james i think james gunn is like a good vibes yeah. football manager you know he's like He's like, and so he he can he clearly connects with people. Right? He uses people throughout lots of bit, lots of different bits of his work. He connects with actors that then c- can then sort of put put across his his whole vibe on screen. And I think that's what you're seeing here. Your he, Holt was up for for Superman as well. He liked Holt. They were the that they were the last two or three. He, he just vibed with the guy. And so you know, actors. I don't know. You know, I don't know if you know aware this about actors. What they do is they they are play different roles. And so what he's done is he's gone like that guy. 
Not the better, not quite for the other thing because hmm. he's he can't quite get he's, a swole. He makes but, more sense. He makes more sense to me as like Superman than he, than he does as Superman. I mean that is absolutely true, but I just yeah. I don't see him as either. I'll be interested to see what it's like, but I think far from a slam dunk in the way Jimmy Olsen is. I'm really excited for this film. I think it's going to be good to five stars last week. <laughs> did I uh, did I say that right? By the way, is a slam dunk is that good? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's when they that's when they slam it in the in the back of the old cheese. Ball. That's in the back of the net, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. James Gunn gives me big Ange vibes, jo- Joey. I don't I know if you. I, I knew that was the direction you were going in, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> I chose, I chose to ignore it. I don't remember Big Ange starting his girlfriend up front. A lot of injuries. He's got a lot of injuries. So they could, he could get his wife involved, get his kid involved. I, I like to call him Large Ange in our household. <laughs> Mix up because I'm cuckoo like that. Uh, anyway, Superman Legacy. Do you think, guys, uh, here's a question on, real question, on all this talk about superior fatigue, all that sort of shit. To me, the project feels like it could be a breath, breath of fresh air, but I think the title it doesn't fit with that. Do you think that that's the the name of the movie when it comes out? I wouldn't be surprised if they changed it, especially given that things like uh, the Agatha Harkness have gone through three titles before coming out. Mm. They uh, should call it Superman No Homework Required. <laughs> <laughs> Superman, a fresh start. I don't know why they're not calling it something like Superman Birthright. I don't know. I feel like Legacy is such a dull subtitle. It might as well be nothing. Like there are some, Hmm. there are some words like Apocalypse, Revelations, Legacy, like all that stuff. Why, why bother? All it means to me is like, we didn't want to call a movie like, you know, if it, Number could five. Have been, if it could have been the title of a Terminator sequel, you should probably avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you could have been the title of a Terminator movie. They should just call it Superman. There hasn't been a movie called Superman in 50 years. Just fucking uh, call no, it wait. Superman, right? The Superman. <gasps> the super there you go. comma man. The super <laughs> comma, yes. That's, about, man. That's just like about a superintendent, isn't it? <laughs> Superman, comma, yeah, there you go. It's the Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, that's um, that's July twenty five, right? That's sort of summer up next. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's no way that a single second of this movie is going to escape everyone's gaze no in way. the next year and a half. Like, I've never seen the internet so frothing about something that not a single second of actually exists yet. Mm. So that'll be interesting. Um, do you know what else is going to be interesting? No. Pedro Pascal no. is Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> is it, what, where have we gotten to with that? Is it confirmed? Is it? I believe it has not been confirmed by the trades, but is widely accepted to have been the, signed. The way like it, it just came out, kind of, the, the, the way it came out on that, it was like a Sunday or Monday night, wasn't it? Like after all of the Marvel's box office stuff was dropping. And it re- it really did have the stink of... Oh God, we were looking. We, you know, we were choosing between this guy and this guy, and just oh, fucking cast the Mandalorian. Just do it. Like the the, the genre, yeah. the genre people like him. He's not too expensive. Let's just fuck, yeah, let's get him in. 
Because it's... He's got, like, kind of lanky-looking... He's got, like, long-looking arms. I, I I mean, I like Pedro Pascal uh, as a as a personality. I, I'd be at, like, I, I don't watch The Mandalorian. Haven't watched The Last of Us. Liked him in Game of Thrones. Uh, thought he was quite fun in that uh, Nicolas Cage movie. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I like the guy, but it really does feel like... Yeah, just just let's let's pick let's pick the safest option possible. And, well, I, mean, but I don't I don't know what I could have liked from this casting because I think if it had have been if it had have been um, Adam Driver would was I was no, I would have a, been more into that. Yeah, but if it had have been Adam Driver, I think I'd have been like, ah, uh, do we really want Adam Driver weighed down by all this stuff? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what would have made me happy. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of in agreement there as well. Like, there's no, there's no one I can think of who would have been like, oh, if they'd announced that person, I would have been so happy. I'm just sort of, maybe maybe in a way, someone who I'm sort of nothinging on is probably the the best direction to take it for them. I mean, can we acknowledge? So, like the the the, the rumored the rumor Fantastic Four is Pascal as Mister Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm. Uh, Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things as Johnny Storm, and Ebon Moss Baccarat as the Thing. Can we just can we just let's all just say it? The absolute slam dunk dynamite casting of those four is Moss Baccarat as the as, as Ventress <laughs> by a fucking country mark. Incredible casting! What a coup! And then I would put in order of the rest. I guess for me, it's Gala's Miss Fantastic. Um, Kirby as Storm, and then Quinn as Johnny. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, and then Johnny um, Joseph Quinn as Human Torch, just because he feels like I just don't know that guy. So that's for me. That's my order of excitement. But Moss Moss Baccarat is the thing. He just looks like the comics. Ben Grimm just does. We he should just point out for everyone that this is the the cousin from the bear, right? That's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he's a household name quite yet. Um, uh, he should well, be. You don't live in he my house, and yeah. you aren't allowed in my house if he's not a household name in your house. I didn't. I, I didn't actually know all of those. I was. I was. You know. I'd seen the Vanessa Kirby rumors, and that she kind of talked about it in a way that made you think, yeah, it probably is. Um, Joseph Quinn <laughs> feels risky. He was good. He was. He, was, he had. He, he was the breakout of, of, of that Stranger Things. He was the and, he was and the, they killed him off. He so. was the breakout of the fourth season of Stranger Things. <laughs> well, listen. Look at Shooty Gatwa, who, uh, who who you know that Netflix is capable of. Yeah. It's seemingly in their teen shows in particular. They 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 find stars. No, I, think they find I mean, I, and also you know, I bailed on. Stranger Things a while ago because I value my time, um, <laughs> and uh, so I haven't seen him in that. I I did, I did, the finale was only two and a half hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did um, see like he pops up on a couple of podcasts I was listening to where he was like everywhere for that for that month after after Stranger Things was aired, and oh, I was not detecting much personality there. <laughs> which, which to be honest, I, I think is a. Um, you know, a common thread with Stranger Things cast members, uh, <laughs> c- certainly, in the, certainly in the in the younger group. Um, yeah, I don't. Fine, I guess. I, yeah, the, the the thing casting very good. I mean, it fits his vibe on the show that he's famous for at the moment. 
Uh, Vanessa Kirby, I think, is a really good actress. Um, she... That's that's the one that excites me most because I really love her. So I'll be but, interested to see her take. I mean, I think I I, I think I can guess what it is already. Sure, I mean, and I'll be happy I, I, to see exactly yeah, that. Yeah, I just I'm not. I like her. I guess I I just I I could see her being really badly underserved by it and just you know yeah popping, popping up in stuff for a decade. What I'd say and, that I, and I, I you know re- remains to be seen but her and pedro pascal the age gap discourse at least well, right? I, I just it, it doesn't it doesn't scream like an ov- obvious pairing at this point um but you know, maybe they've done chemistry reads and they're amazing together or whatever. But maybe they'll, maybe they'll try like... acting. Maybe they'll try acting. <laughs> it's. The I think it's it's fine. Things. It's not. It's hmm. not when we're when we're talking earlier about you know like what do Marvel need to do to really make a statement? It doesn't. It doesn't feel like that, does it? It doesn't feel like <laughs> the statement is these guys. Yeah, I, I would argue forward? that the cast of the last Fantastic Four movie was more exciting when they announced it than this. Yeah, yeah. What, but what if I'll raise you that we might have our first Lati- Latinx Galactus? <laughs> uh, you, are you, are you aware, aware of that? <laughs> Just hilarious rumor. Um, I wait. I did see that someone was rumored to be Galactus, but I can't remember. Uh, Javier, Javier Bardem is uh, rumored, uh, but it was just—I feel like the first tweet I said was yes. MBM, uh, Feige's looking for a Latinx Galactus. Like, what do you mean you're look? What looking? That's just what a weird way of thinking about things. Um, uh, anyway, well, I, I was going to make a quick Kirby, Vanessa Kirby point. It does feel like because she's kind of been a, I say attached like all rumors but she almost feels that she's been with the project for the longest period of time as Sue Storm and and so point one and point two she does feel slightly above the kind of put upon you know sort of wife character within the team and I, so I wonder whether part of this part of this is going to put a real emphasis on her and maybe even you know hell maybe even Mr. Fantastic doesn't even make it make it past the no, movie, you know. No, and she's sort of no. no okay, you don't like that. You don't. Like no, that. I don't. I don't, hate that. I don't dislike yeah. it. I just think it's wrong. They they, they already <laughs> they already teased Reed Richards turning up in an earlier movie. Like, oh look, it's this guy. It's yeah. That's not going. That's not going to be what it's, they do. It's not Fantastic unprecedented. War. It's not unprecedented to have Fantastic Four without Reed Richards. He was dead for a good chunk of the nineties. Yeah. But also, I think I think it's nuts to imagine that would happen in this movie. Yeah, I don't think they're doing that. It is just funny how we've been t- we as the superhero media, and yes, yes, boys, we're that that's we're part of that. Oh. Um, yeah, we, we get we like, get the checks, don't we? We're talking about the Fantastic Four casting for what feels like a hundred thousand years, and it's like they've made this movie twice already. That's because all they, these characters could do, he, the guy's a bit stretchy. She's got like, she can make a bubble. He can turn on fire. He's a big rock man. I don't know, it's kind of, and the director of this, oh, it's Matt Shackman, who's like a TV. I don't know. It's, it's just sort of funny how we are obsessed with this, but I don't know why. why. It's because it's been on the fringes for so long. Mm. So long. It's going to make the wait for Superman legacy seem like seconds. Yeah. Yeah. True. Although it's coming out, what's the new Fantastic Four day? Is it? Is it? Is it also summer twenty five? Or is uh, it like spring twenty twenty five at least? I don't know exactly when, but yeah. I mean, 
there are a lot of rumors coming out and I'm I'm going to move the conversation on as well. Um one of the one of the things they were talking about with regards to Fantastic Four is that there's going to be no doom in it. They're going to have a female villain possibly any Taylor Joy. Um Silver Surfer is going to be in it, maybe a woman instead of classic Norin Rad Silver Surfer. You know, just some some weird stuff like that. Until until a script is actually locked and they start filming, I wouldn't trust any of these rumors, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Sh- also, I'm not sure the script is locked when they start filming. No, <laughs> a general rule: <laughs> the script is locked like a week before the movie comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess, yeah, doorbell, that's the villain in this one. <laughs> yeah, so anything could happen. Um, <laughs> on a similar note, we've been hearing a lot about Kang Dynasty. Um, Dynasty. Dynasty, Kang. Kang. Kong? <laughs> <laughs> the new Avengers, <laughs> Avengers 5. The new Avengers? <laughs> yeah, they're bringing back Steed and Peel. Um, Avengers 5. So Destin Daniel Cretton is out. He has quit the the director's chair. Um, it's hard to say why. I think it seems fairly amicable, but also, I don't know. Like, I think they're making a different movie now than they were making the Fortnite ago, is my guess. Yeah. Um, the The rumor there is that Sam Raimi is the one they're courting. To what? to make that's I know crazy. it's nuts, isn't it? Um, that's crazy. But that's that is the name currently in the frame. No confirmation. I think based on Doctor Strange, that would be an insane move to make because he barely handled that film, and it was only. Uh, I no, I, I disagree. I don't like that what? movie. Um, but it's well directed. the The problems aren't the direction. I, I think, and, and from from all reports, that Feige really liked working with Raimi on that movie that like he that's just, true yeah. he just knew what he knew what he was doing I don't like Do- Doctor Strange feels like someone had a pretty bad script and all of the Marvel stuff in terms of like you know dodgy previs CGI and all that kind of stuff but then <laughs> but then Raimi did come in and deliver you know some memorable action sequences some like fun horror riffs in there I think I think he'd make a lot of sense. I'd, I'd love to know, you know, other than money, what's in it for him. I mean, I get the sense that he sort of loves that stuff. But you're right. The direction wasn't the problem with Doctor Strange. But um, I sort of think, bar those Spider-Man movies, the first couple, he's never he's never come out with anything like... Not never... It's been a long time since he came out with anything that was like a five star undeniable smash, right? I'm not sure a bad but interesting Avengers movie is what I would hope for. I no, I, I, I think no, I disagree. I like Sam Raimi. I think he's a good director. <laughs> I think he's made lots of good movies. Uh, I think Drag Me to Hell, which he made after this, was was really great. I mean, after his Spider Man movies, yeah. that's a really good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like I like Raimi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
if you, it, 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 I don't know who. It, I come on it, I'll come on it from a different angle. Although I'm with I'm with Joe, I just can't think of anybody that could maybe make this movie that would make me as excited as Raimi would. I guess like that. You know, there's the list of some of people that are going to make this is limited. Of the Avengers movies, right? It has to be someone that's worked with these guys before. It just has to be. And and you know, yeah, the list is the, the list of possible directors for, for any for either of the Avengers movies feels feels small and Raimi would be the most exciting choice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair points. Um if we accept the notion that Raimi needs a good script to make a good movie, um how do we feel that Michael Waldron has been confirmed as the writer? He is the guy who created the Loki show and wrote a lot of it. Michael Waldron? More like Michael well done. Uh, I I saw a tweet when I saw this announcement I saw a tweet from someone saying like oh this is good because he created all the the multiverse stuff and therefore he knows the rules of of how it all works and I was like (laughs) I was spitting (laughs) mad (laughs) shouting at my screen rules what rules and that, that worries me a lot more than Sam and even Raimi as director Sam and even Raimi. Yeah. Um, why are they making this movie still? It's fascinating, right? Like that's the bit I don't really. That's the bit I don't understand. The the Kang character has hardly, has hardly uh, really fucking connected. Are we? The whole Kang 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 of the doesn't line. mean there has to be a Kang in it. Like you, Kong, the Kong. You, you put <laughs> Kang's daughter in this movie. Invent oh, that character. Right. I, I have a question. Whatever you like. Are we? That is a Kang Dynasty movie. Are we certain that this Avengers movie? that has just lost its director and has hired a new writer that is currently going by the title Avengers Kang Dynasty is going to be that when it comes out the other side. I don't think I like, I'm not, I'm not convinced that this news does say that they're doing Kang Dynasty. I think it says, I think it says they're, they're right. They're, they're starting work on the, on the Avengers movie again. Now. Yeah. That could still be Kang. It, it, could be something completely different. <laughs> I think. I think to, point save, to I think to save face, they're going to keep that title. I don't think saving face. I think it, saving face is irrelevant. They they need the box office. Sure, but like they've, Age they've, of Ultron, they've, they've they've sacked off stuff before. A- Age of Ultron was picked as a title because it was cool, not because it had anything to do with the story, right? Yeah, but the Kang Dynasty is now not is isn't just a title at this point. It is. It's that character that was in Quantumania, right? That's the that's what that title means. And to Disney Plus viewers, it's that guy. It's a version of that guy <laughs> who was in your TV show. I like Kang, Kang Dynasty now does have baggage with it. Why would they give a fuck about you know if they've just, if they're, if they're making you know if they if they are considering doing something different plot wise. So like I said, like, could you at this point would you be stunned if they went the next Avengers movie is Secret Wars, and they move forward right. Secret Wars, they do their big reset in that, and then that gives them the chance. You know, they don't have to wait seven or eight years to to do the whole reset and and go again. Be... They just do Secret Wars first. I wouldn't be stunned. I do think with a, a project that massive, you don't want to put off the investors. And and yeah, well, and for me, the weird thing is that it's sort of the sequencing of like these announcements now: the announcement of Cretan leaving, and then the announcement of Waldron 
writing, which are two, actually have, have, have happened about like a week or two weeks separate to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, you know, we, we learn about those things, not because, you know, not because some reporter like is, you know, pounding the streets of uh, Sunset and Vine and like Caesar's script blow into the wind and does like, it's because this, because, because the Marvel like tells variety and then they tell the world. So, so it's, it's all, you know, it is mostly controlled by the, you know, by the pipeline, by Marvel. And so, th- so then these two bits of news suggest that they are making that movie, that they are calling it that movie, and that there is still a plan to do the Secret Wars from afterwards. And, and, and if you take that as the premise, I don't, I I don't really just, get why they're doing that. I, I agree. I think it's just the title that's still attached to it. But then why not announce... If because because, they, because they haven't, I, I, don't think, I, I don't think they've decided fully yet. I mean, they, I think you know, they, uh, a big part of it is what does happen with Jonathan Majors, um, and I'd imagine that you know they are rethinking a lot of things at the moment, and you know what lands when and where and how they interact with each other. You know, are they are they going to go back to you know some of their big stars, their big former stars, and say, "Here's a bunch of money. We need you in the new Avengers movie." Chevalier, you, you, you're back, baby. You're back. You're playing. Uh, what was the What's the old man Hulk? The old big, the big. What's his What's he called, James? The big old maestro. Hulk. Yeah, Chevalier. We're bringing you back. You're maestro, Bradley baby. Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a musical that fits. Yeah. Right? You get Chevalier, you get Cooper. But yeah, I, I basically think you don't announce the movie is not Kang Dynasty until you are certain it's not. Well, Jonathan Majors is, as we're recording this, he is in court for his trial. So maybe we'll know in a couple of weeks. Um, I just want to just, we'll wrap up. I'm going to throw a couple of statements at you um, from the rumor mill. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but let's um, let's just have a think. So Taika Waititi has done an interview recently where he admitted that he only did the Thor films for the money. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. I personally am disappointed to hear that he is so craven uh, as to take a job for the money. I, d- I, d- I didn't, honestly, I didn't care Like when I, when I read it. <laughs> because I thought part, part of this is just Taika Waititi being entertained himself. No, I think he's like it's him wanting to be silly and you know and and say offhanded <laughs> stuff on a podcast um he's clearly aware that he's unlikely to work with Marvel again so like now it's the the brand he is interested in is brand Taika Waititi rather than brand Disney or MCU and, yeah <laughs> and, and and I think you know I think it is probably true that a big element of directing that movie as it would be for a lot of those directors is you get paid a lot more for that than you do if you're making your small little indie movie and it's a stepping stone. Um, it just, it sounds worse coming from Taika Waititi when Love and Thunder <laughs> felt so farted out. Yeah. Um, I, I want to make it clear. I agree with you fully. I only included that because I think a lot of websites have been trying to turn that statement into a way to kind of whip up fan anger it does yeah it's, it, but it, it, i mean i i do also think he was dumb to say it and i like i kind <laughs> of and i kind of feel like this like it's all like jacob elordi in the priscilla press like shitting on being in the kissing booth movies and you're just like that that could be true that could not be true but like 
you know, do you really need to go out of your way to piss off the people? Like, it just feels like a feels like a silly move to piss off the people who like helped get you to that stage. And so, yes, I think like fanboy rage at Psycho YTT would be silly and misplaced. Uh, I I just also think it was a bit dumb of him to say it. The thing, the thing I think is, even no matter how much some people hated Love and Thunder, I think it's bad. It's bad to make people feel like they're stupid for enjoying it if they did. Um, I think one of the things artists should be sensitive about is that even if they don't love their work, some people do, mm. and you you don't want to insult people for enjoying something and then turn around and say actually i only did that for the paycheck i don't give a shit it's not bad to do something for the money i do my job for the money no quite most of us do our jobs for the money (laughs) still still, still try very hard is it (laughs) try try and do a good job so i can earn more money in the future (laughs) yeah but i think i I think do be careful artists should be careful with what they say about stuff I'm also happy to say that if you love Love and Thunder, you you suck at us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to say that. And I'm happy to say I love money. <laughs> and if you see any around, feel free to send it to Reese. Oh, please. Envelope. And lick both sides. Stamps addressed. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lick both sides of the envelope. That's how people do it. <laughs> lick it all. Wonder yeah, one, um... uh, London Drive. Uh, 242 <laughs> W693721. Wonder if... Um... <laughs> Hercules will show up in Kang Dynasty. Well, I mean, Thor 5, okay, Thor 5 is on the slate, and uh, the the rumour is that, I say on the slate, Thor 5 is in hushed conversations around the Marvel offices. Um, what, they're, what they're saying is that they'll have a darker tone for Thor 5 than the previous two movies, <laughs> which would not be difficult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that they are looking into getting Gareth Edwards to direct it. Okay. That, that for me, I think that would be quite an exciting Thor 5 if they got that. Like, an interesting oh, Thor can 5 you imagine, yeah. Like, Gareth Edwards in, like, Godzilla mode. Yeah. Where Thor is, yeah, like, Thor Ragnarok 2 or, you know, some kind of Thor, Thor Surtur where he has to, like, fight hell and it's huge scale and it's all, like, Gareth Edwards shit. That would be cool. That would be cool. And also Gareth Edwards... And another have you thing seen The Creator? Is it good? Seen... I have, have I seen The Creator? Yeah. No. Is it good? I don't know. I haven't seen, I haven't seen it. <laughs> People um, liked it, though, right? One thing... I... It's, it's in yeah, cinemas like it. a lot, considering. Like, it's still hmm. rattling along, so... And also, I think the thing... I bet you the thing that, that attracts Feige about Gareth Edwards is that he makes... He makes movies that look like they cost two hundred million dollars, but actually they cost like eighty million dollars, <laughs> and that seems like probably a good bet yeah. at this moment in time. I, um, a good bet. I, I, I name name drop here. The name I'm dropping is Gareth Edwards. Uh, back when I was in my like film journalism prime, um, I was working at the Empire Awards, and Gareth Edwards was there doing stuff around monsters. Um, and then at the end of the night, he was because I think he was friends with some of the writers at Empire. Or he knew he knew some people there already, or whether it was through through interviews or whatever. Um, and everyone went for drinks in the slug and lettuce in the O2. And so I was just sat, oh, yeah. stood at a table yeah. with Gareth Edwards, and I was like, I don't know, like twenty one, twenty two. And he was, I would say, a thoroughly lovely man. It was while he was being rumored to be working on Godzilla, and I just was like, 
you working on Godzilla then? And he just like talked to me about it openly. He was like, yeah, I've got some really cool ideas, I think. I don't know whether they'll let me make it. If they don't, that's fine. I'll just go make something else. But and, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the guy. I like Godzilla. Um, Godzilla fucking Yeah, I thought it was, it was it's certainly, certainly as you get out the other side, <laughs> comfortably the best of that franchise. Um, uh, you're not enjoying Monarch on Apple TV Plus? <laughs> Wait, is that uh, is that that's a new franchise though, right? <laughs> Isn't it? No, no, no it's that's a, within the monster within the monsterverse. Yeah, oh, I thought it was like yeah. a reset of the monsterverse. No, 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 no. It's very much in the. I thought they'd lost. I thought they'd throw away. I thought they'd lost, not... lost the rights to do it. <laughs> Joe, you wouldn't throw away that so, history. No, well, anyway, Monarch. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would, I would be psyched for a Gareth Edwards superhero movie. Get that back. Okay. Yeah, we're still still in the rumor, but uh, in the rumor phase. I've just um, remembered something that I read about that is news that we've not talked about. Um, Go on. Robert Kirkman said that Stephen Young is playing the Sentry in Thunderbolts. Yeah, we we knew that already. Did we? I knew that already. Yeah, because it's all I I knew. Did I? Did I? I didn't tell you. I knew that. Right? TikTok told me that. Yeah, it, it's been heavily rumored, and then Kirkman came out and said it. However, a we don't know if Kirkman just got it off TikTok, and b I sort of <laughs> don't want to mention it now because it, if it's just a rumor, no. Kirk, Kirkman's, Kirkman stuff. said that Stephen Yun wronged him from a costume test. So Yun, sure. Kirkman, Kirkman, it was whilst he was promoting Invincible, right? Which they they were together on. It feels, but also like, if that's true, I think that's that's cooler than ninety percent of the stuff we talked about in this podcast. <laughs> like <laughs> Stephen Young as the set, like the Century is a cool story as a what like, and it would work as a as a one movie villain. Hundred um, percent. And Young and Stephen Young is like a great. Stephen yeah. as like a golden boy, sort of beautiful, gorgeous, yeah. strong Superman type character, but actually he's like a maniac. Yeah, yeah. Totally, I see that. Honestly, see that. the thought of the Sentry as the villain in a Thunderbolts movie well, makes me want to openly cry. That's that's that, that is a bigger question mark. I would say, be, you know, the Sentry as a villain in an Avengers movie is a guy who turns up and just goes, "Oh, do you remember all of our great adventures together?" <laughs> uh, in Thunderbolts movie, but yeah, Stephen Young as the Sentry, I'm 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 into negative ten <laughs> into the right lane. This, we've got to get the Marvel Snap references in. <laughs> you guys are sick. I'm, I'm enjoying it because at the moment people keep pairing him with Annihilus. And I just no, locked, no, it, we I locked down that lane. I'm shutting this down. I am <laughs> shutting this conversation thread down. Can I, can I just say, I mean, hot off the press. I'm mad at webbing this conversation. Today's... Going back in time to the start of this bit. We have to move on. Today's featured location is Tarnax 4 as a brand new location. And it fucking sucks, you guys. There's a location every day. You have, you have to move. No, on this is a time. new location. It's never featured. It's brand new location to the game, and it sucks. It's so it's... new, even I don't know I what can't. it is. I can't do this. I actually <laughs> have to go and throw out my whole soul. Okay, okay, okay we'll move on. Run. Me and Joe will do Marvel Snap separately sometime. Please, a whole other podcast, another Patreon tier. All right, I don't mind. Get out of here, Reese. You, it's okay if you weren't very good at Marvel Snap. <laughs> it wasn't okay. Oh, thank you, thank you. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Okay, okay. A v- very last news item. Um, the news is the, the Scott Pilgrim. That's what you should have done. <laughs> the news is the Scott Pilgrim anime, which is on Netflix now, is excellent. 
and I was very skeptical going in. I don't want to say anything because it it takes some big swings, but just if you have seen the Scott Pilgrim movie, go and watch the anime now. Don't learn anything else about it. Five stars. Do it. I think it's fair to say we will cover it on this podcast. We better. It, it just might not be like within the next couple of weeks. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Next year, next year. I've got a heavy schedule between now and the end of the year, uh, but I do want to watch the Scott Pilgrim anime. Definitely watch it. Go on. No, I was going to say, is it playing Marvel Snap, Joe? Because like, when you see you've got a heavy schedule, is it just different <laughs> locations? Will, it, I mean, that will, that will play a, lot, do a it. large You're part. <laughs> no, but, but just sell, sell us sell us a bit more on the show because it's a it's an anime it's an anime right uh, but it's all the original voice cast it's, a, it's an anime developed by the studio science saru who are fantastic they're a legit japanese anime studio uh who have been making some forays into western uh programming they did uh tatami time machine blues with disney plus and they've done this scott pilgrim anime on netflix does have the original cast in um. Again, I d- I don't want to say anything about the story, mm. okay. except to say that it is uh more a companion piece to the movie than the books. Although, if I you're familiar, love, by the way, both or either is accessible. the The thing I love that, that I think is strange is that it, I can't imagine how you'd feel about this going into it cold. Like, if this was your first Scott Pilgrim thing, I don't know what you'd make of it. But who knows? I love that James has, for the last hour and a half, been spoiling some elements of movies that won't come out for two years. And yet he's, he's too afraid to give any details. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I won't Listen, say any more. I won't say any more. <laughs> I, did, I did have to field upset people on Twitter when you spoiled the cameo <laughs> for the Marvels in our podcast about Loki. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to Madam, Madam Web. I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I'm going to change it. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> no, again, Didn't happen. not traveling uh, through Webber. time. She's. I'm a time traveler. <laughs> I completely forgot that you'd done that race. Amazing. Uh, yeah, never happened. All, 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 all gravy, baby. That's. I'm, I think that's my new catchphrase for 2024. All gravy, baby. All gravy, baby. Okay. Yeah. Are we all right with that? It's all gravy, baby. That's what I say in a Toby Carvery. I saw people walking up to me on the street, <laughs> furious about respoiling hereditary. <laughs> oh. Listen, uh, uh, this is also something I, I, I think I put in like a gr- uh, like a work group WhatsApp this week, which is a reference to the uh, it's I believe it's season three of Gossip Girl, or maybe it's the, the premiere. The line from Gossip Girl where she says, "You're no, you're nothing if you're not talked about." I'm 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 desperate to get kind of notice. Desperate. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, desperate. I want it. The problem is they talk to me and Joe, not to you. <laughs> at Reese, tweet at me. Listen, listen. Yeah, please. Next, me. Next time Reese spoils something, tweet, tweet at Reese. For every spoiler yeah. Reese does on this podcast, we will subject him to 10 minutes of Marvel Snapchat. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Literally on my knees and my flat. No, because this is quite interesting. That the, no. This week's new card is Marta. Um, no! And at the end of the game, no! she moves to a location that loses you the game. No! Wow, twist. Yeah, I need to go. Oh, we need to watch Newsnight. They, they, I don't know if you saw. They, they've now they've cut the episode of Newsnight to like to four minutes. So I need to watch it <laughs> when I can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> joke based on Newsroom today. <laughs> end of the episode. End of the show. Okay. End, end of the show. End of the show. Um, 
Thanks for listening. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cinematic universe where we have covered all of Loki and the Marvels and we'll do other stuff. Christmas Day we'll be putting out our What If Season 2 special. Yep. Christmas Day that'll be. It's going to be a four hour special recorded on Christmas Day. (laughs) We'll we'll be back on the free feed soon for the Cuppy Awards probably. Around New Year, we've got to figure out the schedule, but that's what we normally do. So uh, it's going to be a big year for awards. Oh, yeah, it's with, been a uh, bad year. Stuff like Quantumania, <laughs> Best Special <laughs> Effects, Secret um, Invasion, Secret Invasion. All this, best all this to consider. Serial storytelling. the <laughs> new category: Best uh, Best Episode Six, New Costume Reveal. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you can catch us uh in that episode soon um don't really use twitter anymore because of the uh anti-semitic conspiracy theorists sitting at the top of it but you know we're technically still there i'm a blue sky um i don't know if you want to get in touch with joe and reese i don't know how you do that anymore uh, this makes me it makes it weirder that i just uh, said i pushed my twitter for, for the last five minutes <laughs> the Listen, me maybe you love anti-semitic conspiracy theories i don't know i don't judge I don't think I am. Find me on Letterboxd <laughs> at Joe Cunningham 14. That's a good idea. I'm Cineverse James on, on, Letter, on Letterboxd. I'm Reese Williamson. My name. Letterboxd, you'll see good. what's keeping me busy between now and the end of the year, which is trying to complete my year-long film project. <laughs> How's that going? You almost there? Yeah, but I'd set myself a stretch goal. Just <laughs> <laughs> Talk goal? about it off mic. <laughs> <laughs> Kickstarter, you crazy person. Okay, you okay, okay. That's it. The podcast, the podcast has ended officially now. <laughs> Goodbye, Goodbye, podcast. Goodbye, podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.